0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America-wide.
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chid. Offer in the 630 Chid boardroom where we broadcast all of the road games this past season. Brennan Escott, 37 feet away in the 630 Chid studios. This is Oilers Now. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. till 10 p.m. As we go to our Oilers Now headliner, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. It's brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk. W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Brian, how are you doing?
1: I love that Ruth Chris's Steakhouse, by the way. I've been there many times so I'm in Edmonton. There you go. I'm doing well.
0: There you. Go. Well, we got to get you into town during the course of uh, next season. How does that sound?
1: Well, now that fans will be back, I believe, in all arenas, yes, that sounds terrific. I will
0: give you the updated numbers. Um, the city of Edmonton is down to 119 active cases of COVID. Uh, 74.2% of Albertans eligible, so that's 12 plus. 74.2% have had a single shot. 55.9% are fully vaccinated uh, in Alberta. Uh, 12 plus. So I know that if you go to uh, uh, World InfoMeters, uh, the United States is at about a 40 48% full uh, vac- uh, vaccination. Forty-eight percent, and that's everybody. That's zero to you know, hundred and twenty. Uh, Canada has moved up to forty-five percent fully vaxxed. That's everybody. That's not twelve plus. That's everybody. And uh, Canada's at sixty-nine percent single shot. Uh, the United States is at about fifty-five percent single shot. So there's going to come a point here, possibly by the end of the month where Canada will actually pass the United States in percentage of fully-vaxxed people. And as you know, Brian, Canada didn't uh, they didn't develop their own va- uh, vaccines. So they were behind the United States by three months. So by the time the season gets started, there will be a higher percentage of Canadians vaccinated than Americans, and hopefully that will allow us to have people back and we'll have full, full buildings and that sort of thing. That would be a great thing. Uh,
1: that would be an awesome thing, and, you know, the rules aren't, exactly equal in the US and Canada I think the the US is a little bit more lenient. Yep. I don't know if that's the right answer or the wrong answer but that's definitely the case. Uh at the end of the day I would like to see uh, arena's full again. I do believe it's safe. Uh I haven't even heard of anybody down here with COVID lately in terms of just in my personal life. It's not the most scientific test, but uh Things are certainly uh, fully open down here, and there's no hesitation with people.
0: Are you in New York State right now, or are you in uh, the state of hockey in Minnesota?
1: I happen to be in Minnesota today, but I will say that equally for when I've been in Manhattan, and I can tell you that that is a far cry from how it was in the early going. People were really, really scared in New York, and you don't get that in Edmonton in terms of just everybody living on top of each other. Uh, But you definitely got that in Manhattan for certainly a a number of months. And it was scary. It was an eerie, eerie feeling. It felt like a sci-fi movie or something.
0: All right, Brian. Last week we had you on the show talking about the potential of a Duncan Keith trade. Uh, You believe that there had to be some cap space retained uh, by the Chicago Blackhawks. That did not come to fruition. Now, that said, the Oilers did not give up a a prospect or player a player as good as an Ethan Bear, a prospect as good as Ryan McLeod. I kind of had six guys. I knew for sure four guys were not going to be in the deal. Broberg, Bouchard, Holloway and McLeod. I knew those guys, and I wondered a bit, you know, could they possibly, you know, if they ate some money, would they be getting a Sam Marukov or would they be getting a Raphael Lavoie? I consider those six players the Oilers' best prospects, done, you know, that haven't become full-time players yet. Now that the deal's done, uh, Duncan Keith is an Oiler for the next couple seasons. Let's not forget Nick Felino, The Maple Leafs traded a first and a fourth for one playoff run for Nick Foligno. And uh, the Oilers ended up giving up Caleb Jones and a conditional third that becomes a second. I will tell you, it's been met with much apprehension from—I uh, I would say 65 percent of the fan base. Uh, there are some that that like the deal, but. You know, if I was to hazard a unofficial poll, I'd say it would be about two-thirds against the deal. Uh, I think the Oilers, you know, they needed to, quote-unquote, put the boots to Chicago on the deal. Give me your overall assessment.
1: Uh, I like ending up with Duncan Keith. I'm a little bit more in the camp. For me, it would have been a really great deal for the Oilers if they had... Been able to get Chicago to retain exactly what I said last week. At least 30 percent. You would have liked to get 50, but anything above 30 would have been a, a really good deal for them. I still think it's a good deal for them. I watched Ken Holland's press conference. He basically was attacked by the media. Which, you know, I watch all these press conferences, and they're different from city to city. Uh, But he took. uh, He was under fire quite a bit. I was actually even a little bit taken aback by it. Uh, Ken's the leader, it's his call. He believes strongly in it. Um, My voice would have been part of the process, like Ken goes through before he makes a deal with his staff. And obviously at the end of the day, I would say his uh, staff was in favor of it because one thing about Ken is he's very open-minded to hearing other people's opinions. Uh, They felt like it's something they needed to do. I called Dave Tippett last night. I spoke to him briefly. Um, He doesn't get as involved in that stuff as you can imagine, but he likes Duncan Keith, and he's thrilled to have him on the team. As far as what gets traded, that's not his bailiwick. Well, I don't know what
0: sort of, you know, like at this stage of the game, with all due respect to Caleb Jones, he may have missed a bit of a window last year. Uh, He's got some athleticism. There's been some challenges along the way in putting it together. Uh, That said, not a bad fourth-round pick for the Oilers back in 2015. Got in NHL games. You know, people talk about Braden Point. Awesome third-round pick. Incredible third-round pick. They missed two picks in the second round. Never played an NHL game from that draft year. So, Caleb Jones, I I think, still has a chance to be a player. Uh, It's interesting what you said. about. I I found it interesting. Like, there was kind of an inference that Ken didn't grind enough. And... uh, one of the guys no, that made, one of that guy, one, of, to one of the guys that made that suggestion to me, I would not consider him to be a grinder amongst the Edmonton media. So I found that <laughs> to exactly. be I found it kind of ironic. Um, so uh, you know, it's I know I know who works every day. I know who works the channels every day. And I know who's prepared to put their neck out in the line and say, "Look, I believe in I believe in this." And, and you know, I also know one more thing, Brian. I know who admits when they're wrong, because we got some guys that forget. Oh yeah, I was totally against that deal. And uh, I'll give you an example. When the Oilers hired Ralph Krueger, I was like, we, "You know, you hired a guy from Switzerland. Like nobody knows how to protect a, a two nothing deficit, like the Swiss." And Ralph surprised me as a coach. Like I, I was like. Okay. Like, he surprised me. His power play was pretty funky, and he did some unique things. And uh, and I was wrong on Griffin Reinhardt, and so was Craig Button. Because Button suggested the Oilers trade the pick that turned out to be Leon Dreisaitl for Griffin Reinhardt going into the 2014 draft. But I thought Griffin had a chance to be a top-four player. So I've been wrong lots over the years. Um, you've been in that chair as GM. How? Fr- I know you got to do your own thing, and you can't worry about the outside noise. But do you end up, do you, do you hear what people say or do you just shut it out? How What, what transpires there?
1: Uh, you're aware of it, but you have to be steadfast in what you're doing. And there's guys all over the league that are making huge calls. I mean, look, no further than, you know, what's transpired in the last week, some of the calls that have been made, buying out Ryan Souter and Zach Parise. That's a huge call. Billy Garen is hearing it. Here in Minnesota, some people love it, some people hate it, some people wish or believed it should have been just one player. Like th- these things go on over and over and over. It seems like the noise can reach, you know, pretty high decimal levels in Edmonton compared to some other cities. I love that personally. It just means the people are passionate about it. You can have a few troublemakers, uh, it's just part of the job. You accept it. Ken Holland is a very thorough person. Uh, He's not gonna call them all right. I didn't call them all right in Tampa. That's for darn sure. Um, You know, I can remember as as an agent, not thinking that Duncan Keith would be a very good professional when he was at Michigan State. For me, those things, really big calls like that, that I was wrong, I carry them around with me and you try to use them as reminders. But that's all you can do. At the end of the day, uh, Ken and his staff feel strongly about Duncan Keith being a difference maker. Uh, keep in mind that the general manager always has more information than the general public. What? There's other things going on. What? Oh yeah, there's other things. There's other things going on besides just this one isolated incident. And yet, that's the way you get judged all the time. You are aware of it. It can be frustrating. You can't let it deter you in what you believe.
0: All right. Um, We have a situation here with Adam Larson. We all thought he was going to get signed. Uh, I thought five weeks ago, 90% sure, 100% he was going to get done before Nugent Hopkins. He hasn't been. The fans, some fans and some media think, well, there's a backdoor deal in there for you know, post as soon as the expansion is done and, you know, Seattle will have a window to negotiate with them. It's not going to happen, and then they get the deal done. I'm not buying that. I'm starting to think that maybe Larson's going to go to market here. Should uh, Oilers fans be concerned that this deal has not been consummated yet?
1: Yes, I think they should be. I think that, you know, the word on the street in regards to Adam Larson is – that Edmonton has made him a nice offer, a good offer, one that you know is not uh, is acceptable, quite frankly. But he wants to maybe test the market, see how the process is. He's never been through it. It's his opportunity to do that. Now, to me, that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo, and that's just a player that's not coming back. But that's kind of the word on the street as to what's happening there. I've also heard that certain teams are making big offers. This or the other thing. You always chuckle at that because he is property damage and oiler still. So you know. But at the same time, uh, I've seen behind the curtain and how things work from both sides. So I understand that. Uh, But when a player doesn't give you an answer, I would always have a saying: when we couldn't find something out from a player as an agent or a GM, no answer is an answer, Bob. And that's the way you have to look at it. Yeah. Especially, you know, I think Edmonton really values Adam Larson. I think they'd love to have him back. I think they put their best foot forward or a really strong foot forward at the very least. And they've got no answer. Well, that is an answer. I think he hits the open market.
0: All Uh You brought up Minnesota. That was a... Were you stunned that they bought
1: out both guys? Stunned. Stunned. not stunned about Zach Parisi. I looked at that over a month ago. You should kind of do your due diligence as you get to the end of the year just to be prepared for anything that could happen. I thought, you know what? Mathematically, the way the cap recapture has been was changed after those players signed those contracts, changed with a little bit of spite I might add, because people felt like they were cheating contracts, right? And for the fan base out there, the thing I love about doing Edmonton Radio is I don't have to under I don't have to explain how the salary cap works because you guys have such great knowledgeable fans. But the fact of the matter is, people didn't like the back diving years—the two million, one $2 $1 1 million years. Uh, it really lowers the AAV. It gave a competitive advantage to the teams that did it, particularly when we had an unlimited number of years. Think Luongo. Think Shea Weber's in this category also. Uh, Ryan Souter as well as Zach Parise. So change the rules midstream after the contracts were signed. Mathematically, if you're going to try to get out of those contracts, now is a good time, especially if a player's skills are starting to diminish. I could say that about Zach Parise. I could certainly say he wasn't happy with his role with Minnesota. That makes perfect sense. Ryan Suter, on the other hand, I think he can play three or four more years, Bob, and be really effective. I really do. He's got four years left on his contract. Um, That one surprised me.
0: So you know what happens now, right? So now all the people that hated the Duncan Keith acquisition, the fact that Edmonton didn't get any uh, break on the cap, turn around and say, see, you could have had Ryan Suter the next day. You couldn't see if you'd just been paid. And, of course, okay, nobody saw that coming, number one, with Ryan Suter. He's also American. I'm, I'm not always convinced that every you've represented a lot of American and as I recall Brian, you didn't have a lot of American players playing at Edmonton. Um, I do you envision that Ryan Souter would sign in Canada or do you think he'd end up staying in the states because he's gonna play for a couple more years for
1: sure? Yes, he will. And he'll probably end up making another 10 or $15 million on top of his $98 million contract. It wasn't as bad a day for him other than he was happy where he was in Minnesota. Um, and I actually represented Ryan for the Olympics in Sochi just for doing endorsements. We're friends. He's a great guy. I would not say it would be high on his priority list. Not because he doesn't like the city of Edmonton or or cold weather, he lives in Minneapolis. It's not that much different than Edmonton if you really look closely at the two cities. Um, But I would say he ends up on a team like Colorado, Vegas, Florida, Boston, Dallas. Okay. I'll, I'll take I'll take anybody on even money against the field that he ends up on one of those teams. Well, given
0: that you have a representative, <laughs> that sort of tells me <laughs> something. You might have a bit of a gut feel there. Uh, are you surprised that uh, the, maybe, did the 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 general managers learn from what happened with Vegas? Because it sounds like uh, costs are high to broker deals with Seattle, and maybe teams are just going to say screw it go ahead take a player off her list
1: yeah what it sounds like to me is that there is more supply than there is demand from Seattle and that is creating a fantastic market for the Seattle Kraken you know so imagine that there's 15 teams that want to dump a player you cannot afford to take 15 dump players in an expansion draft So you have to choose wisely i think that seattle is doing a good job of communicating that i'm not going to take 15 bad contracts fellas so who wants to pay more to move their guys who wants it bad enough uh it's turning out in my opinion to be a pretty favorable position for seattle when like you just said and i've said it many times and i've talked to ron francis about it many times along with a lot of the rest of his staff, may not be as favorable as it was for Vegas for you guys. I actually think it could be now as we get closer, as we see what's happening, as we see how many people are desperate to move a player. Some of it is spurred on by the media because I think the media looks at their market, particularly the beat writers, Bob, and they say, boy, The Philadelphia Flyers would be really in a great spot if someone would take Jacob Boracek. He's still pretty good. Well, that's just not happening, in my opinion. At least not 15 times with the Seattle Kraken. And I can come up with at least 15 teams in the NHL that would love to move one player. We could easily say Edmonton would love to move James Neal. Right. You know, so just keep on going through every team. It won't take you very long to come up with 15 guys. I see the possibility of Seattle taking maybe three or four guys like that maximum, but that would be maximum. That shows you how out of whack the buy-sell sides are. That's why they're going to do well. They're going to get some pretty good prices when it's all said and done.
0: Brian, one final one for you, and it pertains to Alex Kalorn. Uh, I was under the impression in, like, November and December last year that Tampa Bay may have been willing to uh, include a draft pick, maybe a third or fourth rounder, maybe even as high as a second, to take the final three years of Alex Clorin's deal, despite the fact that he had a pretty good playoff en route to winning the Stanley Cup. Well, now he's had a couple pretty good years in a row, and the word on the street is that uh, Julian Breezebaugh, is basically looking for a similar return that he gave up to get Blake Coleman, which is like a first and a third, to get the final two years of Alex Clore Now, Clorn's a, a much higher cap hit than Coleman was. Uh, would that surprise you? And does that show you how the landscape can change sometimes with players?
1: It does surprise me. I mean, the value in Barclay Goodrow and Blake Coleman was that they were legitimate top nine players, Blake played a much higher role than that for New Jersey. New Jersey doesn't have a strong team. He ended up as a first, second-line player. But on the Lightning, he was decidedly a third-line player, making $1.8 million with another year left. That was really good business, really smart business by Julian Brisoie. He was a little bit ahead of the curve. Now, with Alex Kalorn, he's 17 points in 19, 19 games this year, he was a warrior, scored some big goals, got a little bit of a Swiss Army knife, a utility player that can fill in anywhere in your lineup in the top nine. And uh, I'd say his value is at a premium right now. I'd say Julian Breesworth is throwing a little bit of a test balloon out there just to see what his options are. I do think it's going to cost him his 22 first-round pick if he wants to get Tyler Johnson off his roster. Mm. And he needs to reduce by, when you re-sign everybody, just to get cap compliant, he needs to reduce by about $5 bucks. That happens to be what Tyler Johnson is making, but that's not with a full signed roster. Even if he signed, he needs another D, he needs another forward, and he needs a backup goaltender. Even if you price those guys at the minimum amount, that's still over $2.2 million. So he needs to get rid of still another player, a core player. He probably wants to try to keep Chernak. He's going to have to pay a heavy price for that. He could be trying to trade Kalorn to keep Chernak and turning that first rounder right over to Seattle. Seattle could, in theory, come out of a deal with Tampa getting two first-round picks, which would blow people away. One being their own in twenty two, wow. and their other being the one they accumulate for it, it It's incredible. Right now is a fascinating time to be managing a club or working for a team because there's so many options. You've got to be ahead of it. You have got to be forward thinking. If you execute on that, you can really come out smelling like a rose on the other side. There's some teams that are going to do fantastic, and there's some teams that are going to get crushed through this expansion draft and off season.
0: Brian, love your perspective. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. My pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, started uh, Octagon's hockey agency, number one pick, 1983 NHL draft from the NHL Network, uh, a guy that's uh, been in the mix for multiple senior management positions here over the last couple of years. He's waiting for the right one. We're going to lose him at some point. That's Brian Lawton. 1256 Edmonton, we'll step out for a minute. You're listening to Oilers
1: Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630Chad. Thanks a lot,
0: Ryan. Welcome back, everybody. 1257. For you golfers out there, if you're looking for a great VIP golf trip, you can join U.S. travel on a four-day golf getaway in the spectacular mountains at Whistler, B.C. Package includes airfare and a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meals. Three nights in a deluxe suite hotel, four rounds of five-star golfing in the coastal mountains, and New West Travel Golf Tournament with prizes as well. Dennis and Jason Laliberti, the team at New West Travel, tell you all transfers can book now and get a free upgrade on a one-bedroom suite. To book your tee time, call New West Travel or go to newwesttravel.com. All right. 780-496-0063. Uh, Cactus Jack says, Brian Lawton is a great guest with excellent insight. There you go. We have David Staples coming up from the cult of hockey today at, what time are we going to do this with David? 105, after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon